Hello, Lil Swipes, and welcome to the audio version of what has been hyperbolically called the Internet's favorite newsletter, The Swipe Up. I'm Erin Moon, and this is episode two. Hey, everybody. Um, you know that one gif of the little girl being dragged by the merry-go-round? I, I want to, like, use that as my own personal banner. Like, I want to get that tattooed on my forehead. I'm ready for gif tattoos. How much longer until that is a thing, we think? Um, so... Vulnerability hangover this week, dropped my newest devotional out into the world. And look, you can read more about it on the Substack post that I did about it or going to erinhmoon.com slash store. But listen, I just dropped it to you guys at first. I just want to say thank you. Like, it's genuinely terrifying to, like, come to the internet and say, here's the thing and... So if you bought it, if you shared it, if you looked at it, if you sent me an encouraging word, email, DM, text, thank you. I, from the bottom of my heart, seriously, it, you ha- it just means so much. So thank you. So anyway, uh, oh, also, I named us Lil Swipes. This comes from my love and affection for from Justin to Kelly. Um, I love Justin Guarini. There is no reason for me to love him, uh, but I do. And he, you know, he's famously Lil Sweet in the Dr. Pepper campaigns, so we're Lil Swipes. I feel like it works. It's happening. It's done. I, we're not changing it. Okay, so let's get into some questions. We're going to, like, start off slow, and then we're going to go fast. I have a lot of questions about parenting this week. I mean, I'm not answering just questions about parenting, but I thought that was interesting. Ashley Starton, what is your all-time favorite snack? Sweet and salty categories, please. I love candied pecans. That's my... Sweet. And then salty is Trader Joe's cornbread crisps or chips and salsa. And as a side note, I feel as though I am betraying my roots when I say salsa. I know that I should be saying hot sauce like we say in the Texas Panhandle and we mean salsa. And I know that. And my Panhandle people, they all know that. But I just want to, like, I'm just, see, I see you. We know what's right. Everyone else is wrong. I'm just trying to, like, live in the light of clarification so that other people don't come at me. And they're like, why are you, why are you calling it hot sauce when it's salsa? It's not y'all are wrong, but we'll we'll leave that to later. Um, a right fit. My stepdaughter's mom is an Enneagram three. Tips for co-parenting with her. Listen, kudos to you for doing the work to do the best job for your stepdaughter. I genuinely think that's awesome. I'm not gonna speak for all Enneagram threes, but for me, group work, and that even includes co-parenting with my own spouse, is difficult. Um, so you might have a bit of a task ahead of you, but it's not an insurmountable one. Enneagram threes, threes we love control, we love to lead. Here's what I would do. I would ask her for tips and advice and not not flattering her for manipulative purposes, but acknowledging that she's got a head start and knowing and understanding your stepdaughter is a great way for her to see that you're not trying to usurp her role, which is really important to us, um, but you care about her. And honestly, caring for and investing your time in your stepdaughter will go a long way with her. I love people who love my kids and like care about them. Um, but it sounds like you're already doing a really great job at that. So keep on keeping on. Great job. Amanda K. Graham says, newsletters. I love them. Are they the new blogs? Seems like everyone is doing them now. And I'm curious about the recent push. It seems to span small to large online presence. I guess they are kind of the new blogs. I think a lot of this stems from the desire to own your contact list. For example, if one day I get hacked on Instagram and chaotic evil hackers delete my account, I have to start all over, find my people again. 
But with newsletters, I not only have immediate access to subscribers, I'm not bound by a platform. I don't own Instagram. Instagram could go away all of a sudden, but I will always have your email addresses. Annalise Saxton, how do you balance being engaged on social media but not checking it 24-7? This is so hard, but I do have a few tricks for this. So one is I almost never randomly post. I have set times that I post um, for the most part, meaning just because I take a picture of something does not mean that I will go post it immediately. I take the pic and I post it later during one of my times. I especially never do this in front of my kids, mainly because I have one who is like, what's Instagram? What? Do you have a TV show? Can I be on your TV show? Do you post me on your TV show? When can I have my own TV show? And that's just where I'm not trying to like cultivate that in her. Um, so it just I just never post in front of them. It gives the vibe that I took the pick for content when really mostly I take pics for myself, my family, um, friends. There's so much that I don't ever post, but I keep for myself. So I always take the pick and post it later. Uh, my notifications are off always for almost everything. I don't get email notifications. I don't get social media notifications. Um, I don't get texts except for like the my favorites during work hours. Notifications are someone else's to-do list for you. They are like digital people walking into your office while you're trying to work. And I make my own to-do list. So that's how I kind of like keep that at a at a minimum. And then three is blackout weekends have really helped me. I don't do it all the time. If I'm working or doing something out of the ordinary, I might still post. So it's not like a hard and fast rule. And I don't delete the apps, but that's mainly because I can't remember my passwords. My brain loves a schedule and I look forward to weekends. So those are my three best tips for that. Um, I hope that helps. Kate S. Gregory, do you ever feel inadequate, especially as a mom? What helps you feel encouraged? So I had a friend once who told me that children are tiny assassins sent by the Holy Spirit to kill your sinful self. And I seriously think about that every day. I feel inadequate all the time, full stop. And I think some of my encouragement comes from fellowship with other moms who aren't caught up in comparing kids or busyness or whatever. There's this game that some people play that will always leave you feeling like you're doing a bad job. You're not. Every kid is different. Every parent is different. And we all have different doubts. I'm reading uh, No Better Mom for the Job right now. And this really resonated with me. Uh, she said, Becky says, part of the journey to, f- to fully embracing that you're the right mom for the job is being willing to call out the places in your parenting where the voice of self-doubt is louder than the song of God confidence. I really love that. I will also note for the record that your phone can be an empowerment machine or an inadequacy machine. Cull those feeds. You do not have to follow people that make you feel like you're not doing the best you can in a role that God gave you. Amanda Lynn Mandolin, which is such a great Instagram handle. Uh, how many pairs of glasses do you own and where do you get them? I'm going to need them. Uh, so I have maybe five pairs of face pants currently in rotation, but I mainly stick to two. I uh, My clear ones are the Haley from Warby Parker and my dark big ones are the Lowry from Warby Parker. Fun fact, the day I got my Lowry's was the first time a stranger on the internet made me cry. Some lady in my DMs told me I look like garbage in them. Joke's on her because I love looking like garbage. And also the Lowry's are men's glasses because I need good head to body ratio. Like they're giant and I just have a big head and I want to look petite. Um, I used to play the I buy direct and Zenny optical game, but I'm really hard on my glasses cause I wear them every day 
and I needed something that could withstand my own self. This kind of makes me sound like the Hulk of glasses, which I'm kind of into. If you're looking for more affordable options, uh, those two places are great, but I love Warby Parker's customer service, and they are technically still very affordable, so I stand. Hannah L. Morris, my kindergartner is a hot mess right now, assuming she's exhausted from school. Any advice? She is exhausted, and she lacks the social construct to bottle up her feelings, which is not a bad thing at all. I frequently envy my children and their ability to operate with emotional abandon. It seems very freeing. I know this is kind of a bummer because we want to spend time with our kids sometimes, but kids need an earlier bedtime than we ever think possible. I also remember Jen Hatmaker did this post, and she actually redid it a few years ago, a few weeks ago, but this was a post from a few years ago when she was talking about like how putting your kid in water, like getting a glass of water, putting them in the bath or letting them go swimming or take a shower is almost always helpful. And school is so hard, especially for kindergartners who have never done school before or even had to sit there for that long and learn and whatever. Just give your kid the gift of enough sleep and it'll, it'll even out eventually but man, they need so much sleep. How do you have a life and have kids? Not a parent yet, but sometimes it looks, and she just kind of gives like a series of very sad, frustrated, defeated emojis. Um, this is Rachel West Jones. So I assume that Rachel means like a life outside of kid functions. Um, I think a lot of this depends on the season you're in with your kids, how many kids you have, what your partner does for a living, if you have a partner, all sorts of factors at play here. Right now, we're in the thick of the following. We've got one toddler who needs constant supervision or he'll fall off a retaining wall, tumble down the stairs, choke on a Lego, or climb on a stool and touch a hot stove. He is also constantly hungry. And he's really into frogs right now, but he can't say frog. He just like clear as day says the F word. He just screams it all the time. It's a lot. Uh, we've got one first grader who needs to be physical for at least two hours a day, then pumped full of so much melatonin it could tranquilize a Clydesdale. She also has a had a plan to tell her teacher that she didn't need to learn how to read because she's a numbers person and not a words person. That's a quote. But that didn't work out like she was hoping, and our reading journey makes everyone want to drink wine straight from the box, nozzle, directly emptying into our mouths. She hates reading at night, so she's going to make dang sure it's the worst 20 minutes of your day, too. So then we also have a fourth grader who wants to do all of the things, have all of the conversations, and process all of the emotions all the time. So we don't do anything. We don't see anyone except for the people in our small group and the people that we work with and then each other. I remember pre-kids, I was always like, why don't parents just get a babysitter? Why don't I see my friends with kids anymore? What are they doing at home all the time? I could not have had a less informed understanding of what exactly parents were doing. By 9 p.m., we are all so exhausted from having to be people together that there is nothing remaining. We've left it all out on the field. This makes me sound like I don't enjoy not having a life. You have a life. It's very full. It just looks different than it did before you have kids. You just have to adjust those expectations. So uh, Ollie Oxenfree asked a great question that kind of sits next to this one. Thoughts on what realistic friendship looks like in young motherhood it's hard out here in these streets. Um, again, I think it's all about seasons. When small dictators are in a constant state of needing you to do everything, put on pants, remember to brush their teeth, buckle a seatbelt, climb stairs, open doors, etc., you're busy. You have a job that pays poorly and your supervisor cannot regulate his or her emotions and there is no HR. And I don't mean this facetiously at all, but lower your expectations. You cannot be the life source for another human slash humans and have a marriage and be physically healthy, and commune with the Lord of hosts, and have deep and meaningful friendships with other women, and, 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 and. 
look, Liz Lemon was wrong. We cannot have it all. When we were little and my mom stayed home with us, she and her friends would do tuna salad lunch. So one person was in charge of bringing the tuna, one person the bread, one person the drinks. They would pile the kids into the van, meet at a house or the park, and just be friends over tuna salad. Tuna salad is awful and disgusting, but substitute your own automated lunch and invite some other moms who you know are in the same boat. Find a Mother's Day out at a local church. It doesn't even have to be your own church. Churches love it when random kids show up to their Mother's Day outs because they are like evangelize the child and subsequent family, and they're so excited to see you. And take a friend to lunch. Send a text when you see something that reminds you of your friend. Realistic friendships in motherhood succeed when you lower your expectations and give yourself some grace. That's again, sounds facetious, but it's not. It's all about seasons. Tay Lane designs your opinion on the athleisure clothing trend. Well, I'm wearing yoga pants right now, so... I hope that answers that for you. And finally, Erin Shercliffe. I unfollowed Noah Centineo because of the blonde beard, so no real question here other than why. I don't follow Noah because God said no, not at this time. Um, but the blonde beard is truly insane. He is scheduled to play He-Man in the new live-action Masters of the Universe. But the last time I checked, He-Man doesn't look like Spencer Pratt. So I have no idea what's going on. And I put a picture of the blonde beard in the newsletter it's a, it's a difficult image. Just prepare yourself. I think my favorite part of this is that all of his fan accounts are so triggered by this beard that they've threatened to stop managing their fan accounts. I recommend a rewatch of To All the Boys I've Loved Before in order to get through this challenging time. Sometimes I get questions that I've already answered in previous wipe-ups, but good news, the whole archive is here, and you can just scroll down on the newsletter, and you will probably find your question. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted. Y'all are the best. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about um, influencers and the way social media makes us feel like garbage sometimes. So y'all had such fascinating insights into this marketing phenomenon that has permeated social media, particularly Instagram. So last week I watched as a lot of people got a very fancy box via the publishing house of an author. And I'll be honest, it looked really dope. I had a lot of questions and observations about the optics of it, about the feeling these boxes can dredge up. And look, in the spirit of full disclosure, I get PR boxes every once in a while and gifts are my love language, so it makes the mailbox fun. Um, in the spirit of double full disclosure, the day I posted this question on Instagram, about three hours later, I got a box from an author, a different author, and it one million percent looked like I was throwing shade at her, which I could die. I wasn't. But I felt like a butt munch all the same. So I just DM'd her, foxed her, and prostrated myself enough for her to know that I truly was not being a shady piece of trash. Also, thank you for the box of fun stuff. And I'm sorry, I'm a human garbage. So several of you mentioned not knowing at all what we were talking about. So here's the deal. When an author writes a book, now, you know, normally they would get ads in the back of, you know, women's circle or whatever. But now we have Instagram and influencers get sent the box along with like, you know, a mug or a t-shirt or in the case of something that happened earlier this week, like a pair of $125 shoes. And it's just, it's just a way to get the influencer to talk about the book. It's essentially the same. You're, they're funneling ad dollars toward this instead of like being on K-Love or whatever. So this question was fascinating because I got answers from authors who have sent boxes, 
authors who didn't have a marketing budget for boxes, people who get them, people who don't get them, and people who work in publishing. This is just a fraction of the answers I received, but I felt like they did a great job of giving an overview of kind of how everybody felt. And I kept everyone anonymous, but I tried to give you a an idea of what category they fall in for context. I also added a note here and there because this is my sub stack and I do what I want. So the first group of people, they said, when the same group of people are always PRing each other, it feels like an ex exclusive club. Kind of feels like a Christian best friends club that I'm not in, but I would definitely take one. It's like handing out birthday invites in school in front of everyone, but not inviting some. I think some perpetuate the idea that certain communities, uh, Christian white ladies, are fairly exclusive. It's the same as watching the popular girls get flowers on Valentine's Day in high school when you don't. Um, I don't take or listen to influencer opinions because it kind of seems like friends high-fiving each other. It feels like a mean girls club. There, I said it. So <laughs> I'm so happy that that commenter got that off her chest. Like, that makes me feel better for her. I can see this. I genuinely can because it, I think if you follow a certain group of people who are all are actually friends – you just see a lot of the same stuff. It feels a little self-indulgent and it can look like a click. So I understand that viewpoint, definitely. Um, then we've got the people who are like, this makes me not trust your review of the book. Initially, so this person said, initially I'm like for it. And then I'm like, who can I actually trust for an honest review? I feel like I can't trust that endorsement fully. I always wonder if people can be truly honest in their reviews when they get packs like that. It is what it is, but I've gotten burned for buying something I shouldn't have. We know you haven't read that book. <laughs> and I think some influencers are very smart about this because they won't say, oh, I, you know, they're not taking it out of the box and saying, I read it. They're just taking it out of the box and say, I can't wait to read this. So it's like a non-endorsement, but you're still like showing off your, your swag. Uh, the next category is called Guys, the Earth is Dying. This person said, I'm constantly trying to figure out how much they cost. PR boxes are so, so bad and wasteful for the environment. Just send the book. Um, I don't think that they are bad, but I am insanely curious as to the cost of these books. So much waste and unnecessary expense. Depends on how wasteful the packaging is, honestly. I genuinely never considered this. I'm a horrible person, but I was bowled over by how many people mentioned this. Please forgive me, planet Earth. So... This is interesting. Actual influencers weighed in, authors and influencers. Uh, this uh, person said, I'm not going to lie. I get a lot of them, and I'm not sad when they have fun stuff, but I rarely share the fun stuff. It seems braggy. So I think this is smart, but it definitely defeats the purpose that the publisher had when they were like, hey, I sent that to you so you would share it. But it's like, well, I don't want to. And you don't have to. You're not obligated, You're not obligated to do that. But... Um, this person said, I think they are a colossal waste of money. As someone who is writing a book, I think they are over the top. As someone who has done them, I totally see both sides, but I won't be doing them again. I literally had my feelings hurt once when I wasn't sent one by someone, so I'm over that. Uh, this, this influencer said, the enclosed personal note, better not call me friend if we've never actually spoken. And I thought this was interesting. As a small author, I didn't have a ton of say as to what the publishing company was going to do for marketing. I had to just let it happen. So I think that that is a, that's a full spectrum. That's a lot of different opinions um, there. So, and then some people were very pro-box. It's no different than me going to a free steak dinners that are sponsored by drug reps. I think it's appropriate because those people have higher follower numbers and can reach different audiences. 
I don't have a problem with it. Got to make that money, honey. We appreciate the hustle. You do what you got to do to sell a book. If as an author, you believe in your message, you should get it to people who can get it to more people. This person said, why not? It's not hurting anyone. And some people find it fun. It's a job perk. I just accept that this is a legitimate career field with perks, with strings attached. This person said, that's how they get the word out. Seems to be working. I equate it to Oscar gift bags. You get yourself famous, so now you enjoy that swag. Um, Any reason to celebrate and encourage people to read? Gosh, that is so pure. I love that. Um, Celebrities get morning talk shows. Smaller authors have to leverage social media, and really the only way to do that is via these boxes. I love watching them. So fun. I love, like, I love that, that people are like, yeah, just do whatever you want to do. Um, I got a couple of these that I I thought were interesting, and I have a lot to say about this. So is this not potentially very awkward? If it's one you want to promo, having materials helps, but it's awkward if it's not authentic to you. Um, and then this other person said, if I were the author, I'd feel stress about who to send to, scared to hurt feelings. If I were the... If I were the recipient, I'd feel stressed, like, what if I don't like it enough to post about it? So I have a lot to say about this point. It is so tricky, especially when you have relationships with people. You want to be supportive, and you like them, so, like, you want a bank to fall on their house. I take anyone sharing something I do very seriously, and I get it if people don't feel like it fits with their their audience, or they just don't want to do it. I think it's a really delicate balance, because you, you like these people, or you like what they say, and you want good things for them. But maybe you don't maybe you don't think it was a good book. There are other ways to support people, but it is tricky. Oh, y'all, so many, so many messages about the jealousy that they bring up in us. Cause I feel this too, because I was like, I want those shoes. How do I get those shoes? They're so cute. Um, so mostly jealousy. I love to pre-order support authors, but when I see these fun exclusive PR boxes, I get sad. It's weird to see the unboxing. It's weirder to see who got the fun package and who only got a book. Yeah, that's tough, publishers. That's tough. Um, They are extra. Influencer marketing tactics prey upon jealousy and coveting. Some version of that sentiment came up a lot. I thought, that's interesting. And that is a very insightful thing to say. Um, And then a lot of people were like, I love it and I'm also jealous. How do I get on this list? Great question. (laughs) No idea. Um, Okay, so there were also a lot of people who said, I really want a chance to pay. I would love the box. I'll pay for it. Um, I wish I had the option to pay for it as a member of the launch team. I do think pre-order bonuses for everyone are a great thing. I was more bugged that you needed to buy two copies of author name redacted to get two bonuses, to get the bonuses. Uh, not getting one, especially if I pre-order, is so disappointing. I wish they were available for normals to buy, like ColourPop does with their PR boxes. I think this is so smart. I am interested. I know that there's probably not a system set up within publishing houses to take orders like this in this way, but I do think it is a very compelling idea, and I would I would be interested to see how one could make it happen. I love this category. Your PR boxes are hiding poor writing. Are they trying to make up for subpar writing? If your writing is good, you don't need a bunch of to sell it. Uh, it makes me think that the book isn't good. They just got a deal because they have a following or whatever. As a struggling writer who deeply cares about my dream, I want to jump off a bridge. Not really. I get this. This is fresh. This can be super frustrating. Um, then we had, we ha- I heard from some actual members of the publishing world. So this person says, I work in uh, marketing, book launching. They're like annoyed face unless 
done well. Uh, this worked for a time, but I think people are over it. Uh, this person said, I'm not usually interested in the things given out in PR book packages, but I also know how important pre-sales are, so I guess I don't blame people for doing it. Y'all, I'm, like, very on the outskirts of publishing, like, the traditional publishing industry. Pre-sales are bonkers, and the publishing world is, like, this crazy, fascinating machine. I just didn't even realize, I didn't even realize what a crazy place it is. I like these people who say, I will not be manipulated. <laughs> this one person says, bribes. Do you mean bribes? This feels really bribey. Um, if they really wanted to know what people thought, just send the book to regular people because really it's often friends or people who stand to benefit from promoting the book. This is weird. Like I have thoughts about this. So there are people who are affiliates. So it's like if you, if I have like a course or something and I want you to be an affiliate, when you tell someone about it, when someone signs up with your link or your code or whatever, you get a cut of that. For the most part, these PR boxes aren't necessarily that. They aren't really benefiting from it, but in a, in a monetary sense, but they are, you know, getting a mug or getting free shoes or whatever. And kind of the clout that comes along with getting free stuff in the mail. That's... That's a big deal. So um, I understand that. And then this one person says, actively makes me not want to buy the book. It's tough but fair. This, these people are apathetic, very neutral. I know what's happening and I just take it for what it is. I feel meh. This, <laughs> this person, oh, look, something else everyone is annoyed with. <laughs> and then there are the annoyed people. I tap, tap, tap through PR openings, not here for the reenactment of a kid's birthday party. God, y'all are so deliciously brutal when it's private. I love it. Um, doesn't seem amazing or special when half the people I follow get the same box of stuff. It's an immediate unfollow. Um, this person said it's annoying, but effective, which I think I'm going to steal from my social media bio. And then there's this, the section of people who think smart marketing, but blech. it's a smart marketing move, but I'm jealous of them. Smart way to encourage them to share. It annoys me to hear about a book they haven't read. Uh, the whole influencer thing is brilliant marketing, but it makes us regulars feel regular. Uh, makes, I really think this is such a great point. Uh, this person said, makes me wonder if we magnify similar voices instead of diverse voices. Meaning, once you've reached a place of influence, how do you steward that well? But also, how we work outside of the white evangelical influencer machine. I thought that was such a great point. I think even in this seemingly frivolous question of influence on social media, how you steward it well and thinking about that is such an important exercise. That's really smart. Um, some people are like, this is so gross. This, this, she says, honestly, it's privileged AF and sort of icky. Give free stuff to the somebodies who have pull with the nobodies. No thanks. I think they're pretty extra. Nice thought morphed into showing off with the side of haughty. And my favorite, ew. <laughs> and then my all-time personal favorite is, I don't think about them at all. Ah. Um, the general consensus uh, a few people said, I'd rather influencers get stuff for free but not post it until they actually read and enjoyed. I don't hate them, but I'm selfishly like, don't post about it because I'm jealous of not getting one. Um, this person said, I get them, mostly from friends who I'm grateful to support, but I almost never post about them. If I do post on book launch day, I'm very careful to indicate that I have read the book. Posting the box of stuff you got is honestly weird, and it hurts my own reputation as an influencer if my followers think I'm just posting because I got sent something. If I love what you do, I'll talk about it organically. I do love shoes, though, and I'm not sending those back. 
So I'm not really personally invested in this discussion, really, for all of you who thought I was asking because I'm about to release a book, no. But I am interested in the conversation. I don't have answers, mainly just more questions, but all of your comments have made me think a lot about this. Thank you so much for sharing your opinions. Okay, little swipes, that is a wrap on this month's audio version of The Swipe Up. Don't forget, there is a ton that doesn't make it in the audio version, so be sure to read the rest of the newsletter for links I love, my monthly Twitter Hall of Fame, and more. Also, just a reminder that you can get my newest resource, The Comfortable Words, and Lil Swipes get 20% off with code SWIPEUP. Thanks for swiping up, and I'll see you next time.